listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. This week on Enjoy an Album, it's Paul Simon with... Paul Simon. It was his second album, wasn't it? So it is weird to call your second album, name your second album after yourself. But then Lucinda Williams did something similar. It was his first album released, but he recorded a bunch of covers solo that ended up getting released as part of a box set. Okay, right, I got you. I hear you loud and clear. Hello, welcome to the Enjoying Album podcast with uh, me, Liam with now, and him, Christopher MacArthur Boyd. Just starting off with some uh, tedious trivia. (laughs) To Maximum Musos in your ears, tearing up, taking down, and listening to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. Um, This one is uh, Paul Simon. It's got all your favourite features. Um, and plus your usual least favorite features. Well, yeah, the ones you hate <laughs> are there, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, big time, man. Um, um listen, um, I'm a, I'm a Maximo music fan, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a music journalist. Um, actually went out and watched some live music. Whoa! At the Glasgow Barrowland Ballroom. The greatest venue of all time anywhere in the world. I'm sure. Greatest you agree. venue of all time. Uh, cash only. Um, couldn't buy. Couldn't buy a shirt. Wanted to buy a merch shirt. Couldn't buy a shirt because the bar, the the merch store is cash only. But the merch store isn't run by the venue. It's run by the band. Um, that that at uh, the Barrowlands is run by the venue. Is it? Mm. Wow, that's very uh, cool because you want to keep the uh, you want to keep the man out. You know. Yeah, well, this man now is doesn't have uh, the t-shirt. Did you not band. get... So, oh, that's a shame, because on the back, there's like a really cool list of... Did you see the, the tour shirt, where it's like Glasgow Forever, and it's like rock venue London, because they're not happy with the venue and stuff. It's like a bunch of little jokes on the back, and it's the Piss tour, isn't it? It's like God's Piss. God's, God's P, yeah. God's so where's the Godspeed, you Black Emperor? The second time I've seen them live. Last time I saw them, uh, I saw them at the... Um, um, O2 ABC, um, the now burned down for an insurance claim venue. I, I just realised something. something. Mm. I just realised something. Mm. So were they done a record called God's P? Yeah, so joke about their name. That's the first uh, words in, uh, yeah. in God's P, you Black Emperor. I just yeah. thought it was just a funny saying. Oh, no. For God's, like a year. God's P. Yeah. Sick. Really cool with it. Yeah. What were you uh, saying, sorry? You were in the O2 ABC. Yeah, and uh, and this time it was in the the Barras. Yeah. Um, just on the way in, uh, a guy walked past and went, "Here, mate, what's on in the Barras tonight?" <laughs> what did you tell him? I went, uh, "Godspeed." He went, "What?" I was like, "Godspeed, you black emperor." He went, "I'll look them up." <laughs> I don't think he will. Oh, listen, uh, Coney Island. They, they they used to go to Coney Island. And uh, you're not allowed to sleep there anymore. We used to sleep on the beach like, yeah. But uh, when I saw them, I saw them on their Luciferian Towers tour in 2017. Mm-hmm. And they basically played that album start to finish. Um, so I thought that that was what was going to happen. I just thought that you was thought kind they were of gonna band. Do God's I thought we were going to play God's P, uh, which is a good album. Uh, mm-hmm. I like all of their stuff. Um, but they actually played 
I wouldn't call it a greatest hit set, but they played the a mix. Hits. They didn't play anything from Lift Your Skinny Fists, but um, they did play a mix and match, and then they, they ended one of their, their bigger, more well-known pieces. Uh, pretty good. Audience generally pretty well-behaved. There was a couple dickheads. Um, and what's this? A silent bit, you know, quiet, and someone would shout out, not really what you want when you're listening to post rock which is all about the it's like a cinematic instrumental you know it's about uh, dynamics isn't it it's about it's taking loud quiet to its logical conclusion of loud loud and then quiet 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 and then loud 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 and the loudest thing you've ever heard yeah, well, it was loud. My my ears were ringing. They are an incredible live band, and I would genuinely put them as one of my like top five bands to see before before you die. But you've uh, seen them already. Yeah, I mean to other people. Like I would recommend. I would say it's uh, uh, in terms of like a live gig experience. I would say to everybody uh-huh. that you should try and see them before they die. Yeah, preferably. They shouldn't see them after they die. I don't think that would work. Hmm. Um, there were great live bands. I've seen hundreds of brilliant live bands in my life, but this is a, a Weird slightly, flex, but okay. slightly different experience seeing Godspeed mm-hmm. live. Um, just very, really moving, transcendental, transcendental. Yeah, transcendental. Well, depending on your accent, <laughs> mine being the Queen's English, yours being stupid. Just want to say once again, R.I.P. to Shinzo Abe. <laughs> Gone, but not forgotten. Pull one out. Godspeed you. Shinzo Abe. <laughs> Godspeed you, Japanese Prime Minister. Um, that's F's, in the chat. F's in the chat for Abe. Um, yeah, I, there's a, do you know, sometimes I put a wee bit in the intro that I forgot to say in the episode. Is it okay if I do that? Um, yeah, I think I'd finished talking what I was about, talking about. Yeah, we're talking about Paul Simon. And um, the, remember we're in the um, Al Green episode where we were talking about that weird review that that guy John Landau gave him mm. in the Rolling mm. Stone. John Landau did an interview with Paul Simon between the breakup at Garfunkel and, uh, you know, what were they called? Yeah. Simon and Garfunkel and the release of this record. Yeah. For no, right, af- right after this, actually. And How did you read about... that? It was paywalled. Huh? It was. It was this. Uh, uh, this no, article. I, I thought it was paywalled. I have ways to get. You know, you got like a VPN or a, a yeah. I read blocker. it. I read it, but you're not smart <coughs> enough to know how VPNs work. So <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, it was. It was. There's a bit where he's saying, "Oh, you must be happy with this," and he's like, "No, it's terrible. It's only sold nine hundred thousand copies," and he's like, "That's more than any Rolling Stone album ever." except for Sticky Fingers, which is also on the list. And uh, he goes, yeah, but I'm in a different league from the Rolling Stones. I don't compare myself to the Rolling Stones. Yeah. All types of people listen to Simon and Garfunkel. Old people, young people, babies, losers, cool people. Everybody was listening to me. Now I'm singing all these songs about getting jacked off in the forest. And uh, no one's interested. Loads of people are, but not as many as he thought. Anyway. Interested to so publicly sort of shit on the Rolling Stones in a magazine called Rolling Stone. Yeah. And he also hated Bob Dylan because Bob Dylan used to make fun of him. Hey, Bob Simon, 
yeah, what are you, what are you wearing? You look lame, man. Like that. Hey, Paul, you're probably going to be the least successful out of uh, Simon and Garfunkel, huh? Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's your only friend, you freak. <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, great Big, big shout app. out. Big shout out to um, William McKee. Doing it big Willie style in the recording booth. The finest producer in the Enjoy an Album podcast game. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, thank you, our dear listener, for continuing to listen, share, yeah. tell your friends, recommend, tweet, MySpace, YouTube comment, and everything else that you do to make us feel goo. Ugh, make us feel goo, running Duh. down our sides. Good, good, Come on. good, good. Enough. Great, 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 greater. Um. Liam's brain's melting out his ears like uh, so much Yankee candle. So, so much. We're gonna we're gonna end the intro here. We're gonna start the episode. Thanks for listening. Tell what? your friends. Tell your barber. Tell your wife. Tell your husband. Tell your partners. Apparently, we're not starting. Tell anybody you want to. This has been the intro to Enjoy an Album. I hope you enjoy the body of Enjoy an Album <laughs> and the end of Enjoy an Album. Enjoy, enjoy your own body. Enjoy your own body and your own time. Just listen to this while you enjoy whatever you want to do. I don't know. If you want to enjoy your body whilst listening to enjoying out, that's on you. Don't that's do it. You. Don't do it, man. <laughs> don't do it, pal. Just have a nice time. We've been having a good time. Too. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
mother and child reunion. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chris. Should we not on. talk about that just now? We need to do no! this. No! Oh. Come on. It's episode 165 or something. You should know by now. 75, 76 or something. Anyway, uh, should, I, should I do Secret Posh show? No! What? <laughs> what did you know about Paul Simon oh, prior to this? Oh, for fuck's sake. How, I'm really... What's happening to me, man? You're not with it today. I'm not with it today. Uh, with Julio in the schoolyard. Me and Julio have been smoking giants down by the schoolyard, for sure. Mm. Red eyes. Smoking joints. Joints. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you know about Pop Simon before this week? Um, I sort of backwardly um, have listened to Paul Simon before via a little bit embarrassing to admit via vampire weekend who were um massively influenced by graceland and i think this and i think this record Mm -hmm. um so i was a big vamp fan um and they would always speak about how much they love paul simon and so i I think i listened to to him via that so but i haven't listened to this album i've listened to graceland i've listened to simon and garfunkel um so yeah fair to say um a little bit. In fact, there's been this has been the source of uh, some drama between you and I before. I don't know if you remember. Drama source. Whereas I once tweeted at 1 a.m. I found this tweet. Um, there's like a, a... I don't know what... Anyway. What time? I, when was this? What year? 2019, I think. Wow. Pre-Panny D. Now you're going back. Um, I tweeted... Should really go to bed, but I've decided to listen to Graceland in, in its entirety. Okay, and I don't know why I felt the need to tell the world that. <laughs> it got one solitary response. Yeah, from a Mr. Christopher MacArthur Boyd at MacArthur Boyd on Twitter. Yeah, just said, "You okay, hun?" <laughs> kind of making fun of me for listening to Graceland by Paul Simon at one o'clock in the morning. And then the next day, I followed up with a tweet that said. Just to let everyone know, I just watched Larry Dean's Instagram story. And what could I... It was him at the Lemon Tree in Aberdeen, uh-huh. backstage, preparing for a solo show. Oh, we spoke about this. Yeah, yeah. Who should be supporting him, but at MacArthur Boyd on Twitter. And what should he be listening to on his phone, but Graceland? Yeah, we discussed this in the Indestructible Beat Us Away episode. Yeah, well, it's back. Because I insist... I hadn't heard any of the music on that album. Yep. Cause it but I've, I found the tweets. Uh-huh. I've, so, never, I've never listened to that. No, that's not true. I found the tweets in the Instagram story, so it's... And I've, I remember me and Larry listening to Heavy Metal. We were listening to Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. So, yeah, well, really you, the heavy mis- rock. You've misremembered. Do you, who do you think remembered that? Do you know Hank Larry's maybe put the Graceland on as music? Do you know how you can put a music on a story? No, it wasn't little... that. I, I'm not a fucking 100-year-old who's never opened Instagram before. I know the difference between music recorded on a camera coming out of a camera phone. So you think I had Graceland coming out on my phone? 100%. That's what, that's what it was. You don't think maybe it was the venue playing it? Nope. Well, come on. It was the day after that we had spoken about it on Twitter. Uh-huh. So Stranger than fiction. Sometimes Your argument is that... There's a coincidence? No. no oh, no, I just no, happened no, no. to be tweeting one of the most famous albums of all time, and this venue's maybe playing the same 
a at song the same from time, one of the most the, famous records. The, at the same time that Larry is recording it, no. Come on, Chris. Come on. It's like when um, Bruno. What did you know about? Playing... What did you know about Paul Simon apart from having listened to Graceland once backstage? I've, nev- at, uh, I've never Tree. listened to Graceland. I'm saving it for the pod, um, for episode four hundred and thirty or whatever. Yeah, I'm saving it. If we if we make it that long, because <laughs> things are starting to feel fractious already. <laughs> well, we've had this argument at, at least a year ago, more than a year ago. Yeah, it's a yearly feature. Oh, okay, good. Uh, up wait. until we cover Graceland, which unfortunately for the listener is quite high up, so get used <laughs> to hearing this conversation. Um, did I know Paul Simon? Yeah, I, I, I was a big, uh, I was, I was, I was what people call a filmo. It's kind of like being a muso, but you like films. When I was a teenager, so I had uh, the Graduate by Dustin Hoffman. He he made that by Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, um, Mrs. Robertson, you're trying to seduce me, aren't you? Wait, is Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, yeah. So you're just straight up doing an impression of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. But I don't know if it was by Dustin. Hoffman. I don't. I don't know he if was, films he... are by the actors that are in them. <laughs> Who directed that then? <laughs> you're about your film or yourself? I'm a bit of a filmer myself. It's been said. Um, I can't. I don't know who, who directed the. Great Cannot film. remember. Let's just say it's Robert Zemeckis. Even Have you ever seen um, Spider-Man by uh, Tobey Maguire? <laughs> yeah, I've seen his portrayal of him. One of the best. Um, one of the best Spider-Men in the business. <laughs> uh, and Gar- Art Garfunkel is the guy's name. Plus Paul Simon. They had a duo called Simon and Garfunkel. And they'd done the soundtrack for that. And it's to you, Mrs. Mrs. Robinson. Robinson. Jesus, Jesus loves, you, loves more. you more than you could know. Uh-oh. Yeah. And um, originally that was going to be called Miss Roosevelt, that song. Yeah. And the director uh, said, uh, How about you just don't fucking. How about it's just Mrs. Robinson like it is in the film? Yeah. Which is much cooler, I think. It does make a lot more sense. Yeah. That would have been confusing. But who's Mrs. Roosevelt? Uh, but here's the thing: we don't want to get too much into the law of uh, Simon and Garfunkel because they are appearing as a duo themselves later on in this list. I have I have the numbers. Where's, the, where's my phone? I have the numbers. Bridge Shit. over troubled water. Don't say the facts. And I've got I've done my 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 list. Mm. My list reading. I've been reading the list a lot recently. I've, I've become obsessed with the list in the same way. That Jim Carrey was obsessed with the number twenty-seven, or twenty-three in that film, number twenty-three or number twenty-seven, depending on what one is the right one. Um, so yeah, Graceland by Paul Simon is number forty-six on the list. Very so high. That'll be eight years until we hit that at least. Mm. Uh, it's in between Sign of the Times by Prince and Ramones by Ramones, uh, whereas Bridge Over Troubled Water is a hundred and seventy-two, and that's in between. Daydream Nation by Sonic Youth and In Utero by Nirvana. Yeah. So I can't wait for all those records that aren't they too. Yeah, there's um so we're we're not gonna go too much into the Simon and uh, art lore. But saying that the cut will probably be dead by the time we get to those records. Right. You know? So we can talk about the death of how he died. How do you think he's gonna die? Which one? Be there? Um, leprosy. Leprosy for both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm related. Uh-huh. 
stranger than fiction it's like uh, yeah it's like when someone listens to a record that's very famous um <laughs> I, I think Art Garfunkel will die his, his head will get chopped off by helicopter blades Right. How's he estimate? Is he is he standing on a plinth or is it a very small helicopter? Trampoline. Right. Yeah. Somebody put Reckless. one underneath it. He couldn't help but give it have a few goes. For Maybe. a man of his age, <laughs> you'd have to time it right to get your head chopped off by a, a helicopter blade as well, because you'd have your a head would have to go through the blades at the exact mm-hmm. right moment, wouldn't they? It's impressive. It's, it's very... I don't know if you know this, it's, the helicopter blades are very fast. So it's yeah. not really about your timing. It's more about your control of how far your body... And he's not deliberately doing it, by the way. He's just not yeah. thinking. <laughs> well, he's um, lost his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> and I think Paul Simon will probably die... Um, probably in a kind of racially insensitive way. Come on. What? <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> it means he's, be, he's been racially insensitive. Right. As he's wont to do with his reggae experiments and his apartheid uh, disregard. Yeah, we're, we're going to... Uh, why'd you bring that up? We're going to talk about that on the Graceland episode uh-huh. in eight We've years. already spoke about it a year ago on the Indestructible Beat of Somewhere. I think episode. he's all right. I think he's okay. All right. That's cool. Yeah, I... I, I the the was it the the apartheid commission were basically like right okay you're actually what you did was fine I believe oh, yeah to paraphrase <laughs> to paraphrase them because he because he paid he paid all the artists very well oh yeah yeah that yeah. he used um, but technically it was a, a breaking of a cultural boycott of South Africa I understand if you're not familiar Graceland is an album by Paul Simon where he went to Africa during apartheid and collaborated with uh, the local musicians. Yeah, if you'd like to listen to Graceland, you can do it via Larry Dean's Instagram story in 2019, blaring out Christopher McArthur Boyd's phone. That was a horrible night because I was so excited to open for Larry and then I got on stage and the microphone kept not working. Oh, God. In a big theatre. That happened to me in Bristol last week. Ugh. Where? At the, the Forge? No, Bristol, not Brighton. Oh, sorry. I get them confused. Yeah. Where, a, where were you in Bristol? Comedy box? I had a private, uh, doing a private show. Oh, yeah. I sent you a picture of it. <laughs> I was dreading it. It was a, you know, so I sent you a picture of what it was going to be. I was hoping for some um, supportive words because it looked bad. And I sent you a picture with the caption, I'm going to die, bro, and a crying face emoji. And Chris's supportive words of choice were, yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> it did? Yeah, and I, and I did. You need to be honest with your yeah. friends, you know. Uh, I, uh, unless it's in regards to how often you've heard classic Paul Simon album, Graceland. I'm not willing to back down on this. Um, ah, another thing I know about Paul Simon is not only am I filmo with regards to uh, The Graduate, one of the greatest films of all time. Oh my God. Are we about to get a, a Woody Allen impression? I don't know if we're going to get an impression, but certainly... Um, wow. That was Christopher Walken. Who, who, who was also who, in who Annie was Hall. also in Annie Hall, yeah. So I was being Christopher Walken to your Woody Allen. I love that. See that scene in Annie Hall where Christopher Walken's the weird brother. Have you seen it? Uh, despite being uh, uh, despite being a filmo, I've never watched Annie Hall. Really? And I'm not going to. 
there's a great bit in it with Christopher Walken. Wow. Uh, and he's he's play he's, he visits his kind of waspish he visits Annie Hall's waspish family, right? Family uh, wasps. Yeah. Wasp <laughs> means uh West wait white Anglo Saxon Protestant. Right. So he says I was waspish, you're like other oh, pretty pro day. And uh what was I Christopher Walken a young Christopher Walken as well, so he's like beautiful, mm. smooth skin, young as shit, immaculate hairline. And he's like talking, he's driving, he, he's, <laughs> he goes anyway to Alan's room and he's like, sometimes I drive late at night and I see the other car coming down the highway and I just dream of swerving directly into the front of it. I can feel the glass cut my face. And he just talked, that's this big long rant about um how he dreams of uh, crashing his car and people. And then Woody Allen's getting a lift to the, the airport and uh, somebody goes, oh, could you take Woody? Could you take uh, Alvy? His name's Alvy, isn't it? Could you take Alvy? And then it's very funny. It's one. It's a really funny film. I just want to say, before anybody else says anything about Woody Allen, who is maybe retiring soon, maybe not, no one knows why, the thing I've is... I've got a good... I've got, I, I could hazard a guess. You can guess all you like. Annie Hall by Woody Allen. Incredible. I went as Alvy Singer from that film for Halloween. And then you stayed in that outfit forever. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, basically. <laughs> I couldn't be asked. I, I had a tweed jacket and I had that You just love protecting um, the worst people on the planet, don't you? I don't, I'm not protecting him. I'm just saying. You're protecting his, uh, his work. He won an Oscar. It's one of the only comedy films to ever win Oscar for best film. Paul Simon did the um, the theme song to other cancelled comedian, um, Louis C.K.'s Horace and Pete. Did he? Yeah, did you so watch you... Horace and Pete? I watched a couple of episodes, I didn't particularly like it. There's a crazy episode where it's just a conversation. It's a monologue. I, I, I haven't See... seen that, but I do like I like stuff like that. Oh my God. It's, uh, I saw it on Broadway as well. What's her name? Laurie. I've seen, I seen John Lithgow and this actress do a... A film called uh, it was about it was called Meet the Clintons or something, and it was like John Lithgow was Bill Clinton, and she was Hillary Clinton. It was so fucking class. Anyway, I love New York because the thing about Woody Allen's film is, and a lot of people don't know this, but New York is almost like a character. Oh for fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fifth character. People, directors are always saying that they're like oh New York's like a character in my film none of them have the balls to put the New York in the cast at the end you know yeah. New York as New York <laughs> New York as himself and playing himself and making his big screen debut <laughs> New York New York City baby yeah look if you type New York into IMDB what comes up it's the city so nice they named it New York City speaking of New York City have we spoke about how Paul Simon was in Annie Hall? Because I can't remember. I think he plays like a boyfriend or something. Like yeah, one of got... Annie Hall's boyfriends. I think I think he plays like a record label producer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, great. What a film, man. Speaking of New York, uh-huh. let's get into the nitty gritty of the background of Mr. P.S. himself. Mr. P.S.? Paul Piss, Simon. Piss Shoes? <laughs> Mr. Piss Shoes. <laughs> 
It's Paul Simon's <laughs> Secret Paw Show. Secret Paw Show. Secret Secret Paw Show. You do it fast and it feels like that show got no money. You got the spell Secret Paw Show. I mean, he did spend most of his young life in, in Queens in New York, but he was Doom. actually born. He was born in Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, New, Jer- New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, Newark Airport. Newark is uh, Sopranos town, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people get confused because they say, oh, I'm going to Newark. And they think they're just saying New York weird, but it's actually a poorly named different place. Yeah, just across across the water. Across the water. Um, but then, yeah, moved to Queens as a young man. Um, his dad was a professor at a university and his mum was an elementary school teacher. Um, but We had he this went... discussion last week. I don't think university lecturer is necessarily a secret posho. I yeah, I yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he's not Landis Gentry. He's not James say, Murphy. Yeah, he's just a middle, fairly middle class upbringing. He went to a free, um, he went to a public high school and he went to a public university, Queens um, yeah. University in New York. So I'm I'm gonna say uh, no no posho, no but didn't, posho. You know, wasn't um. Didn't want for much, I would expect. He's Especially not... in the 60s. Both yeah. parents working. <laughs> Loads of money. Yeah. Hard to argue that anybody whose mum and dad were both working as a secret posher, though. In the 60s. <laughs> that, that's Where my... bo- and the mum and the dad had a job. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking Rockefeller over here, you know. Absolutely. Who is this? Adam Smith. Um, he met Art Garfunkel at school. Mm-hmm. They were old school buddies. Same schools. Um, and they started writing songs together. And that's how it all got started for them. First record came out when they were young under the stage name Tom and Jerry. What do you think of that? Did the cartoon exist at that yes. point? Yes, that. Pre- ca- come on. Did the cartoon exist? We all know Tom and Jerry goes back to the 40s and 50s. It's weird then, isn't it? It's weird to call you, name yourself Tom and Jerry. I think it was kind of like the record label was like, right... What, why would I put a record out by two unknowns? What I'll do is I'll call it Tom and Jerry, and then some people might get confused. I think there was a lot of that back then. People are going, this cat and mouse have released a record? Yeah. But they hate each other. <laughs> if it works for Fleetwood Mac, it works for Tom and Jerry. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, I imagine like a new folk duo starting today being called Squidward and SpongeBob. That's me and you. Yeah, but we don't go by those names. No. It's, a, it's, it's more like if a kind of so-so-old crew came out and they were called Ben 10. And it was like 10 of the... Just Benest. Benest rappers you could get, man. <laughs> Mr. Ben, Tony Ben. <laughs> what? Just there would be some of the rappers in the Ben oh, 10 right, rapper okay. crew. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure what you meant, and I'm still not, but... Me neither. I'm yeah. pretty, pretty delirious with exhaustion. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, so we'll, I think we'll sort of skip over the whole history of um, Simon and Garfunkel, right? Because we're going to get into that later. But This, this... is, this is kind of like uh, Big Ram by Paul McCartney Vapes, you know? Ah, oh, Hundo P, yeah, so... Same these... year as well, 1973? This is 72, I believe. Oh. Um, so they, the Simon and Garfunkel's last album, Bridge Over Troubled Water, mm-hmm. was also their most successful. And they broke up. It says they kind of had a fraught relationship, but it didn't really go into details about what that was 
about or over, you know? They said recently they were like, we were just squabbling. We were just yeah. squabbling. I'd imagine it was the fact that they were, one of them was writing all the music and one of them was a kind of tall, good-looking guy with a cool haircut. Well, that's it. The money was on Art Garfunkel to be the um, solo success mm-hmm. over Paul Simon. Um, people thought Art was going to be He's got a great guy. head of hair, though, doesn't he? That big ginger mm. afro type thing. And I think had a, uh, more of an interest in being in movies and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. He was also uh, in some... I'm a big FOMO, so he was also in some kind of Woody Allen stuff, I think. Woody... Oh, Jesus Christ, keep your mitts off these... <laughs> Folk musicians. Why, why, why are you collaborating with all these Jewish New Yorkers for the 70s? Come on. 60s and 70s? What's that going to do with you? Grow up. Why don't you hang out with some people who aren't exactly like you, would they? Oh, wait. You did, eventually. And it went, sour. <laughs> I uh, am, of course, referring. No, mind. So, um, so, yeah, then this was the sort of, hey, I'm Paul Simon. And this is what I like to do. Yeah, I'm not a fucking lame like Gert, uh, Art, <laughs> not Gert, it's not a name. The yeah. world according to Gert. I've got some talking points about um, the life and times of Paul Simon. Let's hear um, them. Did you know him and Carrie Fisher were uh, together? Yep. AKA Princess Leia. It was on the uh, facts about Paul Simon website I was on today when I was trying to find out whether or not. Factsaboutpaulsimon.com. Yeah. Wow. Try to figure out whether he had tattoos or not. He um he wrote three songs about Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, what ones? Um, one is called Hearts and Bones. <laughs> Hearts and first Bones. One. I mean, that's what is what is love if not hearts and bones? That's it's a song about the ingredients to a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a song about um them breaking up. It's called She Moves On. She moves on. She moves on, and if there's somebody, no, 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 no that's calling what me home. By no. the way, Robbie Williams is playing the Glasgow Hydro. Yes, the OVO uh, Hydro. The OVO SSE Hydro. Um, and that's just all I'm saying right now. That's all I'm saying. Enjoy an album, Robbie Williams' Night Out. That's all I'm going to say. The other song he wrote, Paul Simon, about Carrie Fisher was, drumroll please, Graceland. What? Yeah. I thought that was about Africa. No, the song Graceland is about going to Graceland. Oh, yeah. Um, to, to After having an argument with your partner. That's where Elvis lived. Mm. Mm. Um, so, wow. I mean, that's pretty cool musical trivia, I think, that Graceland is about Carrie Fisher. I was getting a taxi. Speaking about Elvis, I was getting a taxi. Were we? Well, very briefly. I was getting a taxi from Dublin, from the Liffey, uh, which is a river in Dublin. I float down the Liffey. I chose not to, pardon me, float down it. I chose to get a taxi to the airport instead of the float It's a Radiohead lyric, I float down the Liffey. Is it? In the song How to Disappear Completely. Yeah. Really? Hmm. Yep. I can't picture them on the Hapney Bridge. Um, oh, yeah, and the taxi, I was getting a taxi from the Liffey. I float down the Liffey to... Dublin airport and the taxi driver was crazy he was a crazy man he told me within five minutes of meeting him about being sexually abused as a child and all sorts of stuff about he thinks his son's gay 
And uh, not his son's basically. He rides men and he rides women, was what he said. Uh, just all sorts of stuff like that. Mm. Really, per- my dad beat me. You know, all this type of stuff. Mm. And then uh, he was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm going to stand up because I just wanted to talk about anything else. And yeah. he was like, all right. And then, but he kind of took, he had a weird, maybe he thought it was a liar or something. But I'd done a funny impression at Elvis towards the end of the journey. And he was like, <laughs> okay, okay. He, knew, he believed me because I'd done a wee funny Elvis impression. We're lost in the cloud. I did that. And he went, <laughs> it's very good, very good. It was class, man. Anyway. I am less convinced of your stand-up credentials after sitting through that story. <laughs> it was going to cool, say more than Elvis fucking impression to get yourself out of that. He, he, Jesus he had Christ! A, the taxi driver had a taken care of business tattoo, which is that was. Do you know what that was? What an unhinged YouTube comment. <laughs> unhinged YouTube comment of the week. Yeah, that was. Wow. So? Fun fact about the Liffey. Uh huh. During Ireland's Celtic Tiger period, you know oh, about yeah. that. Yes. When they had just fucking so much money. Yep. They were printing money. Mm-hmm. Um, to celebrate the new millennium, they built a clock in the Liffey that would count down, you know, a sort of light. Uh, it was it would be under the water and it would emanate up um, a, a, a clock made of lights. The spire? Like the spire? Is that what the spire That was built around be? the same time, yeah. right? But this was, it, it was a clock, digital light clock in the water uh-huh. that's close. big deal right to count down to the new millennium mm-hmm. and they did this big uh, 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 ceremony to, uh, to turn it on and uh the liffy was so dirty that you couldn't see the clock so they spent millions on it's this gross set, of, set of lights that just sat in there can you just see again when that clock was built just before the new millennium. Millennium. And join our night out at the SSE Hydro for Robbie Williams. We're only half joking. If enough people tweet interest, that will probably happen. Paul Simon's very much the kind of Robbie of no Art and Garfunkel. I think. Got fucked. Come on. Do you not think so? He was in Take That, and then he was in a solo success. Paul Simon was in Thing Me, and Take I think. That. It's Paul Simon's and take that for very briefly, yeah. Uh, and he was like, oh, they're all white, never mind. Both Robbie Williams and Carrie Fisher were in that documentary that Stephen Fry made about um, his bipolar disorder. So maybe you're onto something here. And do you know what? I think you could strike an analogous line between Paul Simon's Graceland period and uh, Robbie Williams' swing when you're winning period, where it was like <laughs> nobody expected this genre shift. Mm. To me, Robbie Williams is the British... Simon. Right, okay, that's the clip. Just just you saying that. Good. Um we'll see if that um generates much conversation because it's one of the stupidest things you've said recently. Interesting. Is this emo? Uh I yes. would no, <laughs> I'm gonna say no. How? I would say Simon Garfunkel is emo. This album is not. Name another emo record with reggae on it. Oh, that's it's a it's a that's a good argument. It's about but the right the the song you're talking about is Mother and Child Reunion, first track on the album. Yeah, and it is about his dog dying. Sure, but to a reggae beat. Mm-hmm. 
That's emo. To be sad about a dog is emo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I think Simon and Garfunkel Bridge Over Troubled Water is probably going to be emo, but this. Um, no, I don't think so. Fun fact about Mother and Child Reunion. Yeah. Um, it is named after a um, a dish in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. That had chicken and egg in it, and it was called Mother and Child Reunion. And Paul Simon was like, that's a great name. I'm going to use that for a song. Some mother and child reunion. And it's okay to do that voice because I'm not impersonating a Jamaican person. I'm impersonating Paul Simon, impersonating a Jamaican person. He did actually record that song in Jamaica. He went to Kingston. He sure record, did. Re- recorded it with uh, Jimmy Cliff's backing group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wish he didn't open with the reggae song. It's the first song in the album. That is kind of like getting off on the wrong foot. Uh, yeah, as you, you're tucking near the end. Yeah. I think if they swapped, imagine they put me and, Hul- me and Julio down by the schoolyard at the top mm. and then stuck this. You know, second track in the second side, you'd be like, oh, okay. The, the, uh, in my 2017, 2018 French show, I think, um, I did an impression of Gandhi at one point. Uh-huh. And I did it about the 40-minute mark, by which point I had built up enough like <laughs> trust with the audience <laughs> to get away with doing a Gandhi impression. Um, what was it he said again? I'm not going to do the impression No, now. you don't need to do the voice, but it's funny what he said this way, wasn't it? Um, he would say, check out the titties on that waitress was the quote I would do in a Gandhi voice. Um, I understand that without the context, that's going to sound a bit mad, but believe me, it was very funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I did, I loved that joke, and so I tried to do it in a club set a few times, yeah. but 15 minutes is not long enough to build up the uh, the required amount of trust with an audience to pull off a Gandhi saying, check out the titties on that waitress, bro. Mm-hmm. And opinion. and it's the same. It's the same with this. Yeah, he opened with a reggae song before he's really got everyone on board. With being like, he, that's cool. I guess at the time it's like people are excited. You know, people have been listening to art and art and him, mm. art and Paul as they called themselves. But it's the seventies, isn't it? I mean, the sixties was a massive decade for like basically, like just ripping off black music, right? <laughs> And then you open the 70s with the, oh, we're going to do it with reggae now too. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, and it's a funny bit in the, in the Wikipedia <laughs> page for that song where it's talking about going to Kingston to hang out with Jimmy Cliff and Toots and the Maytals and all these types of people. And uh, Simon was instructed by the musicians on the differences among reggae, scat and blue beat. He felt awkward at first because he was, quote, the only white guy there, and I was American. It's like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen, man? <laughs> did you think you were going to go to Dynamic Sound Studios in Kingston and they would they would just have a wee white guy on retainer and make you feel better? Woody Allen's there. Well, you know, I was, I was worried you were going to be awkward, you know, so I thought I'd come and be a paedophile, you know, in the background. Cool, man. Nice one. <laughs> Nice one, guys. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but yeah, fucking sick song though. I kind of it, it's a cool song. It's like it's a bit cringe, but it's like it's still pretty cool. Uh, uh, first listen of the album, I li- I heard yeah, that and I was like, yeah. "Come on, Paul!" Yeah. But then once you've listened to it a few times, and it, it warms up. But that's why had it gone late on the album, I think I would feel differently about it. This this whole album 
I thought it was going to be a reggae album. I guess that was my concern. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, is this a whole <laughs> album of Paul Simon reggae? But it's just this one song. It's just really. the one song. There is some and other there... stuff where you're like, you're also a wee bit bang out there. Like, uh, Paranoid Blues is like a fucking blues song. But yep. it's cool because he's talking about... It's not like when uh, Mick Jagger does a blues song and he's like, I was born in a delta. And you're like, you went, you went, you went to like art school, man. You know, you're wee Tory. Whereas in this one, he's talking about in Paranoid Blues in this record, which is one of the coolest songs on it. He's talking about Chinese food again. That's one of the things I like about this record is that he talks about Chinese food a lot, and I think more bands should talk about Chinese food on their album. Surprised he's not tried to release his own fucking recipe book of Chinese food called Paul Simon's Recipes. That's what that's I thought you were just going to invent uh, a Chinese style of music. No, he loves Chinese. Food. He loves Chinese food, so he went to China, and now he's got a rest. Paul Simon's Chinese meals. Do you know for a fact that hasn't happened? No, no, probably. Yeah, you probably can't go over to Paul Simon's house without him pretending to invent some sort of ethnic food. <laughs> I went to Korea, and um, I I thought it was awkward. I was the only white American guy there, but they taught me how to make um karage, so that's cool. All right, man. <laughs> Paul Simon Karagi chicken. Spicy. Um, but the, his guitar, I mean, it's largely an acoustic album. Um, and uh, his guitar playing on it is really amazing, I think. It's beautiful guitar playing. Oh, there are a lot of cool instruments and stuff. Uh, a lot of cool instruments and stuff. There's some absolutely slamming music journalism by me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he had some absolute ringers. He very much veered more towards the John Lennon style of mm. assembling a band of absolute famous killers. Like, there's people here who were in, like, Miles Davis's Bitches Brew record. Everybody's, like, a insane instrumentalist. Virtuoso. Um, there's that song, Duncan, which I absolutely love. That I has think this Duncan's uh, class. Yeah, it's great. And the, it has this flute flute sort of solo. Yeah. Um, which comes out of nowhere. But then stays with you for days. <laughs> Much like the it's diarrhea haunting. you get when Paul Simon makes his career food. <laughs> Comes out of nowhere, but it stays with you for days. Uh, yeah, I love that song, Duncan. It's uh, and it, yeah, and it also leads me to my YouTube moment of the week. YouTube moment of the week, because I think I have a Duncan YouTube unhinged comment of the week. Do you think we found the same thing? Well, I'll tell you about my moment, and then uh-huh. you can tell me about the the comment. So there was a gig happening in Toronto, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul Simon is playing, and he's like, "Any requests?" And a woman shouts out, "Play Duncan! It's the first song I learned to play on guitar." And Paul Simon's like, "Well, why don't you come up here and play it?" Wow! And he brings her on stage, and they play it together, and she's obviously like crying, and you know. Um, but he stands next to her and like every now and then he like whispers which chord to uh-huh. go in her ear. Um, and then they sing it together. And it's on YouTube. You can watch it. And it's actually incredibly beautiful. It's, there's no unhinged comment here. It's just uh, it's just a very heartwarming, people, someone actually living out their fantasy moment. Like, do you remember that thing that happened with um, with Dave at Glastonbury? Dave? Yeah, the rapper Dave. I've never heard of this. Dave? You've never heard of Dave? The channel? 
No, the guy. Is it the guy who went up on Kendrick Lamar and he said a bunch of racist stuff? No. It's Dave. It's a different... It's Dave is a rapper, okay? Where's he from? Yeah. Dagenham? He's, he's from London. Yeah. He's not from Dagenham. <laughs> I don't only know rappers that are from Dagenham. You could. I can't believe you haven't heard of Dave. But anyway, he had a song. It's what called songs? The song's called Thiago Silva. Huh. Um, and it's about his favourite footballer. And he does this thing every concert. When he's about to sing Thiago Silva, he um, says... Loads of people who are listening would have seen this clip, by the way, because it went mega viral. Um, he, he says, oh, who knows all the words this song? And he gets someone on stage to sing the song with him. Mm-hmm. And so it's Glastonbury. He gets this kid up who's wearing a Thiago Silva PSG shirt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, the, and the kid fucking just sings the whole song. No, normally just join in a few bits, but the kid is like fucking amazing. And it's like an amazing viral clip of him on stage. This kid just been brought up and absolutely fucking bodying it in front of however many thousand people at Glastonbury. It's and incredible. the rapper's name's Dave? Why is that the That's bit that you That's his stage name? Yes. Most rappers have like a cooler name. Well, I think that's You're allowed the... anything you want. I think that's the point. Oh. I think that's why he's Dave. Okay, well, that's a beautiful moment that you've told me about. Uh, Duncan being performed by a lady in Toronto. This is an unhinged YouTube comment. Unhinged YouTube comment of the week. And this is a freshie. When I found this last night, the comment was only 17 hours old. Whoa. Yeah. So This, this is, is fresh out of the oven. This is fresh out the air fryer. And the, 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 the oil is still bubbling. Okay, this is from a guy called Loves All We Need. 17 hours ago, he said, this is on the song Duncan by Paul Simon. He says, I was born on a tiny island called Bahrain, and this song reveals my destiny. I ended up living in New Zealand for the last 35 years. I dig the lyrics to this magnificent song. Paul Simon, you are one of a kind, and if I were in charge of heaven, I'd book a whole suite just for you. Maybe call it the angel's wing. Garfunkel will be a few thousand miles below. You can still visit him, but he'd need a permit to visit you. <laughs> Am I being mean? End of comment. I think it's great. Wow. The thing is, is that, yeah, I think they they squabbled a lot, but I don't think he would like to see him in hell. I don't think he wants a permit-based way of seeing each other. A one-sided permit relationship. the angel's suite. Yeah. Is that a pun on something, the angel suite? I don't get it. Maybe call it the angel's wing. Oh, the angel's Maybe wing. There's a okay, there's a pun. Called... Okay, how? Oh, because like the... it's the wing of the yeah hospital, I guess. You don't really get wings of anything else. <laughs> Do you get wings of sweets? Yeah, it's a separate wing of a house. Anyway, the cunt's for Bahrain, so who knows, man. But uh... <laughs> I just thought it was funny that there's a song about a guy from the maritime area of Canada... Or New England moving to Maine or something. And it's like, he moves from Maine to New York or something. But it's a cool it's, song. It's a I like song. it. Starts like off It opens with him saying, yeah, I can't sleep because uh, I'm in a cheap hotel room and the walls are thin and I can hear a couple fucking. You get that a lot? I have had it. I've had it. I had it at the EasyJet Hotel, uh, the Easy Hotel rather, in Sheffield, um, where... Uh, it, it happened the same couple I heard them have sex I think three times in the same morning or it was an incredibly long session three times in the one morning Jesus Johnny that's fucking crazy yeah did you uh, hear anything funny 
I could only hear her. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was like probably once an hour for the, the for three hours. So I briefly considered that maybe it was someone, you know, soliciting um, it being on, on the hour nearly. So you think it was a sex worker? But I'm not sure if they would operate out of an easy hotel. I do too. But needs must. Yeah. yeah. There's a woman the near price. me across the road for me who's always having loud sex at four in the morning. And across got... the road? Yeah. That is loud. Yeah. Well, wow. it's, it's these are old buildings and the walls are pretty thin. And, but still, uh, the there's wind... a street in between you. Yeah. And she's huffing and puffing. Blowing that house down. Blowing that. Doesn't matter what she's blowing, man, but, you know, it's happening. <laughs> and I'm hearing her having wow. sex all the time that's pretty cool makes you feel alive yeah which is much needed when you're staying in an easy hotel oh, let me tell you it fucking sucks it happens to me all the time I was in Cardiff or Nottingham both I've been in I've, it's happened to both it happens all the time for me because I'm always up late and that's when all the shaggers come home yeah and then um, you know thump on top of each other thump yeah so this uh Speaking of uh, sexual activity, the most famous song on this album is probably called Me and Julio Down Me at the Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard. Yeah, um, which is potentially about young gay male love. You think so? Well, let's get the lyrics up. So let's do a deep dive on the lyrics. Um, Me and Julio lyrics okay so the mama pajama rolled out of bed mm-hmm. and she ran to the police station right when the papa found out he began to shout and he started an investigation it's against the law it was against yes. the law what the, mama, what the saw. mama saw it was against the law yeah right so the mama has seen me uh paul and julio at the schoolyard and said this is against the law in front of the police what what could they be doing well, and she rolled out of bed, so she must have seen it from her bed. In a couple of days, they come and take me away, but the press let the story leak, and when the radical priest came to get me released, we were on the cover of Newsweek. Mm. Do you know what that's a reference to? There was a um, radical priest uh, at the time, and he was he was the first priest to be on the FBI wanted list. I can't remember what he did or why, but he was like a crazy guy who was a priest, and he... He was like a communist priest, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting fact that <laughs> manages to contain <laughs> no facts. Um. So you think? I thought it was just she caught him having a wank or something. You know, like it was that. with Julio. Right. Him and Julio are jacking each other off, right? Do you think? In the schoolyard, though. Listen, when you're young and full of cum, who fucking? Think. Don't think I was tugging any Julio's when I was. Uh, well, you're, you're not a young gay man. That's true. Exploring his sexuality with another boy. For Neither is Paul Simon, to be fair, though. Yeah, you know? I guess not. Well, yeah, never know. Maybe this was his way of telling the world something. He was Billy Joel and Green Day in it. Billy Joel Armstrong in it. That's what they. That's what they call it when you're ten by the schoolyard having a Billy Joel Armstrong. Been Armstrong. Um, and the other song that I like is uh, "Run That Body Down." Because mm-hmm. um, he goes, I went to the doctor the other day. Ah! <laughs> Which is great. Very funny. 
Yeah. One of my favourite bits. It's quite a funny record. It is. One of my favourite bits was he was like, uh, in Paranoid Blues, he's talking about the ways he's paranoid, like all his friends are talking shit about him and he's he's getting para in the airport because they're going to take him in a wee room and put fingers up his bums and stuff. Um, and it gets to this bit and he's like, once I was down in Chinatown, I was eating some Lin's chow fawn. I happened to turn around and when I looked, I see my chow fawn's gone. And like, I spoke about this in like the Muddy Waters episode. A lot of blues I find it difficult to relate to because I don't like um You ain't been up working uh, no. up in the morning. I'm not a sharecropper, you know. Yeah. I'm like a But but you have had your Chinese food stolen. I have looked away at a Chinese restaurant and looked back and my ch- chicken ball was gone. Yeah. So I dug that. That's probably one of my favourite blues songs we've had so far on the list, I think. Paranoid Blues. This I think we can say is a Mr. Ben record. This guy's Mr. Ben out is nuts. He's the OG Mr. Ben down here. He's part of Ben 10. <laughs> he's put his reggae hat. He's put his blues hat. He's put his singer-songwriter acoustic hat. He's got his little samba hat. Samba hat? That's from. Fuck that's yeah. by Adidas, isn't it? The samba hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, have you heard the song Me and Giuliani down by the schoolyard? Open brackets, a true story, close brackets by Chick Chick Chick, a.k.a. a.k.a. exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. No, but I do like them. They have a song called uh, Me and Giuliani Down by the Schoolyard. Open brackets, a true story, close brackets. Uh, and it's sick. It's like a nine-minute dance punk jam about uh, how it was when Rudy Giuliani was closing down all the nightclubs after 9-11 to make it more palatable for a Midwestern mm. family to go on holiday, you know. Um, That's cool. I like them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I I think we can. Oh wait, do we need to do um, some some features? Bet Midler factor. Oh my god, I forgot. I was doing the features last night. She, he, I'm gonna say the both two. New York. What? I'm gonna say two. Two? I'm. I would be surprised if they've never shared a taxi. Right. Okay. You but professionally, two? professionally, well, he was in Annie Hall, so Bet Midler to Annie Hall isn't gonna be a big stretch, is no. it? She probably did something with Christopher Walken at some point. That's my guess. But, I, you know... Okay, Bette Midler Midler and Paul Simon have performed literally on stage together. They've done the boxer together. Great. So it's 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 one. Well, two is not that that far away from one. Here's a story from uh, 2016. New book depicts Paul Simon as a total jerk. Somebody's wrote a book about him being a jerk. Glenn Berger's wrote a book. There you go. And the other, uh, everyone's favourite feature. Um... <laughs> ah, two guys reviewing tattoos. We're gonna Google them and search in and we'll choose if it's tattoo or tattoo boo We're judging the ink. Yeah, that's what we do. Do do do. Full sleeve or face tats. Big skull or wing. But you pick the design. Is it bad or just fine? A dragon or a skull? Pretentious or dull? You cannot hide. And we will decide if it's tattoo boo or tattoo boo I was going to do one where it's like, um, "Hello, tattoo my woo." We've Sound come of to silence. Yeah, but we um, can do that on the um, the Simon and Garfunkel one. Yeah, I would bet good money that Paul Simon has zero tattoos. 
Paul Simon has zero tattoos. No tattoos for Paul Simon. He's right. a little uh, Jewish middle-class guy from New York in the 60s. He's not going to be having tattoos, is he? Did you enjoy an album? Did I enjoy an album? 100% yes. I, I, before it, we were talking about it, and we were like, it was it was cool, but it wasn't good. And then I realised that was completely wrong. It was good, but it wasn't cool. It's not a very cool record, but it is funny. It is funny. And we spoke in the week earlier about it, actually, and you said um, it's the Jewish reggae, um, which reminded me of Mattis Yahoo. And then I sent you that Mattis Yahoo song, King Without a Crown. Did you listen to it? I didn't get the chance to listen to it, unfortunately. Wow. Is that going to be your playlist choice this week? No. Are you going to put Dave on? Attempting, but no. Are we doing playlist choices right now? No, not necessarily. Um, Yeah, I thought it was class. Bop, pop, bop shop test. You're in a record shop. You're flicking through the very licorice peaches that uh, line the shelves, and you come across Paul Simon by Paul Simon, mint condition, one single kind of weird stain on the top left hand side. So it's not mint condition then. Well, it's mintish, near mint. How much? Twenty quid. 20 quid. There's a cost of living crisis, you know. But there's a mean Julio down by the schoolyard on side two. And there's a Duncan on side one. Um, Is it just plain black vinyl? What do you think? <laughs> do you think there's a picture disc of Woody Allen spinning pedo face on your record player? No. I reckon there's probably a, at least a, a, a colour vinyl somewhere of this. What colour? Much, much lauded classic. If, if there was going to be a colour, it would be cream. For the whoa, I would get a cream one. Insane amount of cum that soaks through this record. This is just this is one of the horniest records I've ever heard, man. Duncan listening to people jack it through the wall. In Duncan, he listens to people fuck through a hotel wall. Then he relays his experience of losing his virginity to a young. If it listen, a cream Paul Simon by Paul Simon for twenty buckaroonies from the Bop Shop. You better believe I'm taking that home. Right, it's black though. Mm. It's just a normal record. I take it up to the Bob Shop uh, cashier and say, "Do you have this in cream?" <laughs> Which little do you know is a bit of a uh, Billy Joe Armstrong euphemism <laughs> in that community. <laughs> do you have this record in cream? <laughs> That's how you get jacked off in the country western section of any yeah record shop in town. Julio, I didn't know you worked in a record shop. Here <laughs> <Yes>. it's. <laughs> That's my impression of Helio. Um, I really enjoyed this record. Um, really easy listen, I would say. Um, but not in a dumb way. Just in a... The music is all just pretty good. It's consistent all the way through. Lyrically, I think it's great. I think it's funny. Um, it's a good turns of phrase and, and just... Words that stick out. First song I've heard with the word Gatorade in. Mm, like that. Which, I didn't even know Gatorade existed in the 70s. I thought that was, a, yeah, thought that was like Lucasade yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, me and Lucasade um, in the schoolyard. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, lovely, a lovely easy to easy listening. I would say without I don't want to talk. That, that's sort of maybe talking down the record a bit. Lyrically, I think it's great. The mm. music sounds good. I think Paul Simon is an incredible songwriter. Mm-hmm. I think some of the subject matter that he talks about is very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it's mostly a fun record. I would maybe listen to it on shuffle. So that you don't start with the reggae song. 
That's my hot take. Not available. Well, I finals. wouldn't have your dollar. Super. Um, but then, you uh, know, it's it's not like it's uh, it's not like it's inauthentic. You know, if you've got the actual fucking toots playing on it, and you're listening to them when they're explaining what sky, sky is and what reggae is, it makes it's kind of you know it is cringe. It's a wee bit cringe. But the more I listen to it, and the more I go, okay, he's talking about reggae, he's doing reggae and he's doing blues, but he's doing them about Chinese food, knowing the relationship between the New York Jewish community and the New York Chinese community. I'm like, okay, you are not... Uh, wait, wait, and what is that relationship? If you don't know, you'll never know. If you, don't, <laughs> if you have to ask, you'll never know. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, because in New York... Because it's a Christian country, at Christmas, a lot of Jewish people spend it with Chinese people in Chinese restaurants, and there's a relationship between them. They spend their whole they they spend Christmas together because they're not part of that crew. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, you're stupid. All right, I know about China and I know about Jewish people. <laughs> I know about China. Uh, I don't know about China. Sorry, I know about different cultures, and I'm not, you know, listening to rappers called Dave all the time. It's because they talk yeah. about PSG. How about you P my SG in a wee second if you just shut up? <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about before that? You were making stuff, you were making up cultural traditions. <laughs> but it's like, he's talking about, because he's talking about Chinese food, I'm like... No, it's true. It's, it's like how the uh, the British Muslim community and Spanish people go paintballing. <laughs> That's true. That sounds that's, 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 that's true. <laughs> anyway, mines is real. There is actually an affinity between the the the, the Chinese yeah yeah and the yeah. No, no, of course, yeah. So sure. <laughs> so many of our Jewish Chinese listeners are gonna email in and go, Liam, you were taking the piss, but Christopher's actually spot on. Christopher's actually spot on. There. Every week, me and Christopher add our favourite songs from the album onto the ever-growing Enjoy an Album companion playlist, Enjoy a Playlist, accessible via enjoyaplaylist.st. ST. Yeah. Um, the Spotify uh, one's updated weekly. The Apple Music one is less uh, commonly updated. updated, but it will be updated soon, I think. Um, which song are you going to add from this album onto the playlist? I like a few. What's your big, big topic? What are you thinking? I'm going to put on Duncan. I love that flute. I love That's that sick. Solo and Duncan. It's a, do you know what it is? It's a, it's like a inkin panpipe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't fit the music at all because it's like pastoral, you know, Western folk. And then this. But it, but it does work. Oh, it's class. Weird. Yeah, it's class. Um, yeah, it's sick. I love songs about hearing people have sex and then reminding you having sex. It reminds me of that time I had that wank in, um, in London. I thought I heard two people having sex through a wall, but then it turned out it was just foxes, um, like rutting in the street. And I, yeah. I jacked off to these foxes having sex. Mm. Have I told you about that? Yeah, yeah. I think you, te- you used to say that on stage. Yeah, you? it was a big story in my set. Yeah. Uh, so that's class. I'm going to stick on Paranoid Blues, I think. Right. Paranoia Blues? Yeah. Because uh, it's got that Chinese. It's just funny. It's like a stand-up 
a wee bit that reminds me of Stand Up. And we also had two songs uh, from inspired by our conversation um, that we've had. So, what is your additional track this week? I know you don't like me going on, so I'm just going to stick on me and Giuliani down by the schoolyard. Open brackets, a true story. Close brackets by Chick Chick Chick, aka aka exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark. Um, just the nine minutes. Just the nine minutes on there. That's all right. I actually do. I like. I like having some long songs on this playlist. So I do say that somewhat sarcastically, but I think it sounds cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's very kind. Of, if you like LCD sound system, but you're uncomfortable with the business practices of Raytheon, uh, I highly recommend you check out. Um, I am going to put on um, a song from Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend, which is the most um, Paul Simony of their oeuvre. I would disagree, most, but fair enough. The most Paul Simony song from that album is This Life. Mm. Um, so I'm going to put that on there. Sick. This Life by Vampire Weekend. Uh, this Life. Is that the one with Harmony Hall on it? Yeah. I like that song, Harmony Hall. I mean... If you want to ask uh, some New York Jews about where they spend Christmas, then you could do worse than phoning up your old pal's Vampire Weekend. <laughs> and they will be probably having Lynn's chauff on. They've been accused of uh, cultural appropriation about as much as Paul Simon as well, so yeah. very relevant. Yeah. Um, and I just want to uh, say, by the way, I, I, I don't know why I'm saying this here, but... Mm. This saw me and Julio down by the schoolyards in the Royal Tenenbaums, which is a total like uh, as a filmo, is a total like uh, love letter to New York. While the music on, it's got the Ramones and it's got. Would you say that um, in that film, New York itself is a character? T- the th- the main thing I think when I watch that film is there's all these characters. Yeah, Ro- Royal Tenenbaum is mm. one of them. That's why it's mm. called that. His three children. His wife. That's four more right there. Um, Can't move for characters uh-huh. in this film. But the one that stands out to me the most isn't played by a person. What? It's the 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 the, the city of New York. <laughs> what? It's like another. It's like a character in the film. That's such a smart and interesting <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> well, well, you know what to say. <laughs> as a filmo, you've really shed some light on on that <laughs> yeah yeah big thing <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to join up well peace and love in the new millennium and uh, next, next week who, who's next week next week we're back with we're uh, back with beck <laughs> we're back with beck back to beck um and his and album seven times and I go back to Orderly by Beck. Um, and I'm I'm hyped. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing and jizzing. See you then. Enjoy it.